All right, man. Look, you got your uh, Dune Dudes uh, sweatshirt on. Your sweater. I do. Yeah, yeah. It's very cozy. Yeah. Just woke up uh, today and was like, hey, I'm going to put on my uh, the coziest thing I own. Nice. Nice. I happen to be wearing my Dune sweatshirt, not my Dune Dudes sweatshirt. Um, it's a very sick, sick shirt. Thank you. I hope it's not representative of any division between the Dune Dudes, like the, like the division between uh, other organizations and heretics of Dune. Yeah, it it might be. I, I I do feel, you know, us as an organization, we are kind of falling apart at the seams here a little yeah. bit. So that could be a precursor of what is to come. I was worried about that too. Um, wasn't sure how to address it, so it seems like dune sweaters is a, a good reason as yeah any. we just get out of, get out in the open here and uh you know i mean just like the Bene Gesserit, you know we we can kind of read into these subtle um cues we give each other you know we, yeah. we do have our own yeah. kind of language much like you know the Bene Gesserit or you know the atreides right um where you know me and you wearing different dune clothing uh it it says a lot more than 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 simply wanting to wear different things it does absolutely and you know i thought it was weird the last time i went out to water my plants i happened to touch under the leaf and there was like <laughs> i don't know this yeah. whole like yeah, message written out in braille yeah. and i thought that was you yeah well you would be right that that is so, my handiwork uh you know, I knew something was up. I know you always complain because, because you know, my secret messages are always way too complicated and convoluted, and, and you're like, how did how do you how did he even do that? You know, why did yeah. you just you know? But it always works. You know, I mean, does, I, yeah. I did to your credit. I did figure it out. Yeah. So yeah, you always something, do. You must be doing something right. I try. Um. Yeah. How how you doing, man? You doing all right? I'm. Yeah, I'm doing okay. I uh yeah. Actually, actually, hold on, hold on. Sorry, I was thinking. You know, like some sometimes like it's good to have consistency in in podcasts. And I know yeah. we're a little late. Uh-huh. We've always had like the theme song thing, right? But mm-hmm. I forget if it was last time or the time before. I, I asked, "How are you doing?" Instead, and I feel like oh. maybe now is the time to add in a bit of quirky Dune charm. And yeah, you'd be like, you know, if I'm going to ask you how you're doing, why don't I just ask you how you're doing? Right. Very true. Honestly, very, very true. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I am doing um, pretty well. I would, I, I, I would say um, today I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I, you know, I felt like I was getting really sick a few days ago with, I, yeah, I, you, I got a very you got bad, your third Moderna shot. Got my third Moderna shot. Yeah. I'm going to go for my fourth next week. Yeah. Um, Super vexed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just like my, my throat started hurting really badly at first I thought it was allergies and then it just, it kept on getting worse and worse. And I was like, Oh fuck, what's happening? Um, and then I, I felt like a little bit feverish, but I didn't have a fever. Um, so yeah, I just kind of like took a lot of cold medicine yesterday and I feel fine. I feel fine today after not, not taking any for like almost 24 hours now so um yeah so i think i'm 
pretty much in the in uh, the clear. But I I, I, th- I think mostly it is um, overworking myself. Like I've just been kind of going nonstop doing things every day, whether it's work or I mean mostly work. Uh, yeah. So yeah, been working six days a week, and then on my off time, I I I, I was going to another job to train. So it's like. It's just yeah, way way too much for 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 me at least. Yeah, I mean, I think way too much for anyone, whether or not they would admit it or or frame it the same way. Yeah. But I think that's pretty fucked up. So I'm I'm sorry, my dune dude. It's okay. It's okay. We you know we live and we learn. Yeah, we live and we learn. Okay, so I have an idea. Uh-huh. What's up? For the theme song. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> um, I'm going to link you to um, a scattered uh, karaoke track. Yeah. And what? We're going to sing it at the same time? Yeah. We're, we're going to press play at the same time. Okay? Okay. We can do that. You know what's funny? I listened back to the our singing from last time, and... I think inadvertently, because we sang it out of sync in real time and it lags, it actually didn't sound that bad. Oh, I'm hey, not saying that's kind of funny. I'm not, I'm not saying we should do it again the same way. Yeah. But, like, for all of our uh, concern from, from last time, I think the actual recording of it, because of the lag, kind of synced it up. That's kind of funny. Than, than you might have guessed. So, so let's do the karaoke thing, and we'll sing it in sync. But yes. it on the recording, it'll be worse, probably. Oh yeah, probably. But we'll you know we'll try it out, see how it sounds. If it sounds terrible, we won't cut it out. We'll just not do it again. Let's do it. You know we're yeah. So it's constant experimentation here. We're obviously not going to sing the whole song. We'll just sing, you know, until the lyrics are. Yeah, yeah, essentially, I guess. All right, so did you get the link? Oh, um, let's see. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, should Uh, I, uh, let me, nope. Okay, you got it. I'm gonna open it on my MacBook. And then this way we can do that, then just jump right into episode discussion. I mean, uh, chapter discussion because we, we, uh, we got, we got to, yeah, we only, we only have so much time, you know. Yes, we, we don't have too long today. Uh, when I click on it, it says the video is unavailable. Do you get that when you click on it? No. No, I have it. I've got it loaded up. Okay. Hold on a second. Whoa. I just played a little bit of it. Hold on a second there, buddy. I think maybe I can uh, get this going. If not, I'll just uh, do my best and, and it'll be really bad. But I, this should uh, this should be fine. Okay. It's playing an ad. It's for TurboTax, which reminds me, I have to do my taxes. So. Oh, yeah. I I have mine done. I got mine done very early on this, this year. All that work you've been getting done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I do have it. I just, I couldn't play it in the, uh, in the, in the, the messenger window that I have. Oh, gotcha. So, All right. Let me know when you're ready. We will count down. Let's 
Uh, I'm just like, do I remember the lyrics of my own song? I think so. Okay, yep. I All right. let's do it. Okay, so we're gonna uh, click on it after then, one. Okay. You're gonna say three, two, one. I'm gonna hit play. Three, two, one, and then we press play. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Three, two, one. Well, we know they're scattered people Oh, you're way ahead of me Back from outer space Reminds me of the golden path Human fled from Rio's ramp Has everyone forgotten their purpose in this life Duncan's memories of pity race Reverend Mellie's mistakes Well, look at how you're best in Present and the future too. Get back to rap is here six of June. Thanks for joining me on that one. That's fun. All right, there you go. I think uh, you know it's like for for as good as I felt about writing down the lyrics, it's caused a lot of problems for us in execution. Yeah, I mean, uh, we just gotta sync it up somehow. Because we're, we're we're never gonna do that perfectly, you know. It's it's like, yeah. There, there are ways I could mess around right now and figure it out. Well, but, the thing is, it's but we're the not thing going is, it's never that. it's never been perfect. Every every theme song has been done poorly every time. Every and then you'll be like, oh, that was like really good. That was Connor. Every time it's been bad. Every single time we've sung a theme song together. It's never been good. Um, Do you know that? I need to know that you know that. <laughs> I think they've all been uh, incredible. All right. Okay, so that's the including that's what this, you're gonna do. You're gonna do. One. You're gonna do a bit. I'm not. I don't. I don't do bits. I'm not. The, I'm not a bit man. I think you've I bit don't do, off more than you can chew. Honestly, I don't do Bitcoin or any of that kind of thing. I I do uh I I just do me, you know, and and I and. and Connor, what does that mean? Okay, now we're back. It's what does all good. that mean? No, we're we're back. It's we all good. We don't have time to fuck around. Yeah, I know. No, I I I I briefly I was. I was messing around trying to figure it out, but uh, can you not mess around? Can you just not? The thing I tell this to like the kids all the time when I work yeah. with them: just if you don't touch anything, if you if you got it to work and you simply don't touch anything, yeah. it will continue to work, right? So just don't uh, touch it. So, so, sometimes the case. So just don't fiddle with it. You're tinkering. I you don't do bits. I can't you tinker. do. I've got the fiddling sickness. That's the thing that I do have. I, I do. Yeah. I can't not fiddle otherwise sometimes. Known, otherwise known as ADHD, right? Well, yeah, I, I do have ADHD. Yes, I think that might be. I think they might the be fiddling, related. The fiddling sickness they in might. layman's terms. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the fiddling sickness. The doctor diagnosed me with the fiddling sickness. 
That's what they said that back in yes. the day. They didn't know what to call it. No, I mean even even four years ago. That's so they they that's how they diagnosed me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> do moving a lot on. Of confusion in your life. Yeah. Yes. Moving on. Um. Next week it will be all figured out though. It'll be okay. it'll be perf- It will it, it really will be be perfected. It, it's gonna because okay. because now I know what to do. Now We're I know, about I know the, what to do now. About, about the, the podcast. Just, about the okay, theme song. The theme song? Yes. Okay. All right. Everything else in the podcast is great. There's nothing else to figure out. <laughs> yeah. It's got to make it's a few really tweaks good. to the theme. I mean, as it is, the theme song is good. Yeah. But there's a few more tweaks to make it perfect, you know? Yeah. We'll, we will get there. We certainly yeah, we have will. Yeah. enough time. We'll get there. Yeah. So. Um, Though this one might be the worst because I feel like the, the music that I was playing is very loud and, like, your, yeah. your vocals... I could I could not hear you very well. So Oh, you were you were actually like you you can hear the music in the podcast. Yes, yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, oh, okay. which which also might might strike us for copyright too. So I I mean th- there there's a lot of question marks. Yeah. I mean um I don't think it's really going to matter, but uh I mean you know it might be know, like an we... automatic thing. Yeah. All right. Well, y- I mean, we could always just hit up uh Duncan from Idaho to you just take that out, right? I mean, just take that bit of your recording out if it's going to be an issue. And, well, uh, I, I think we'll wait to see if it is an issue. And then if it is an issue, then we'll cut it out and put it back. Right, on. right, right. So the episode will get taken down. You'll keep posting episodes. And then months and months and months and months and months from now, we'll we'll re-upload this episode as a lost episode. You got right? it, yep. Okay, you cool. got it. Good plan. Good Another plan. lost episode. Speaking yeah. of, speaking yeah. of, I did look because yeah. your brother was, he's way behind us. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, he's on Children of Doom. He's, he just stopped reading for months. Well, yes, he did. He might actually blame the podcast for that because he stopped reading initially because of the first Lost episode. He was reading with us, and then there he hit a wall where he could not go to the next episode. That's that's no excuse. And it was not fixed in an adequate enough amount of time where, so it, it kind of like destroyed his momentum and then he stopped reading and then he, he only recently picked it back up, which right. is why We're, he's not. Children we we are not responsible for uh, I'm the, not, the audience. Listen, I didn't say, reading. I did not uh, you say. Are implying it. You, you did no, say, you, you, no, you said we're, we're not, responsible for. We are not, I said he might blame us. Okay. I'm not accepting responsibility. Okay. I said he might blame us. We're talking about the perception of truth here. Okay. And he has his truth, and wait, we have ours. Wait until he reads God Emperor, and he he gets gets the he, real he rundown. Probably won't. I don't think he's going to. Really? But 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 what were you going? You know what's funny though? He told me just recently. Um, he's considering that he won't keep reading, but he'll keep listening to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and like, oh, you know, man. go. Through Go through, try and learn through the books th- through our conversation. That's the most uh, hilarious idea, isn't it? Yeah, that would be what awesome. You... Actually, if he does that, then I really want him on the podcast so he can just like discuss what he thinks ha- has happened. Right? Yeah, it, it would, would be... really give us a good window into like how well we do or do not yeah. like translate Absolutely. what goes on in, yeah. in the books. Oh boy. Um, well, anyways. Um, I guess this we don't have to talk about this now on the podcast, but you know, 
in that region where 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 you, you know you claim or he claims there is a uh, missing episode twelve forty by the way. Um, yeah, twelve forty. There's there's a lot of like that's right around the time that I I I got my new computer and moved it moved everything over. There doesn't have to be like this whole this whole preface to it. Is there an episode missing in between well, twenty one so and twenty two or not? I don't know because there's. In in my files, there are like a few different episodes labeled episode twenty, and then I think uh, like a few that are uh, that, that that are labeled twenty one, and then th- and then it goes from I forget it, it either goes from twenty to twenty two or twenty two to to twenty three. So there, there there's something fishy in that in that uh in mm. in that stretch. Um, yeah. You know wh- what it is. We, we like we may never know, um, but well, it sounds like we know. It, it sounds well, like there's something. You know, there's you, something going on. You or or Duncan, Mister Duncan from Idaho. You know, maybe there was just uh, some mislabeling going on at that time, and so things get understandably uh, lost, or or you know, um, you know, it falls through the cracks. Right. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but maybe we can, you know, we'll get, we'll get Duncan on that right away. Get it figured out. Yeah. Otherwise, Brendan's just going to stop reading again and it'll be your fault. So. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You don't, you don't, you don't want that. We don't, we don't want that. We, I, I, not we, not we, you don't. I don't want to feel the wrath of, of, of big brother, you know? No. I don't want big brother watching me. No. (laughs) No, sir. All right, uh, we got less than two hours yeah. to to do the do the Dune. Um, this you ready and, to jump and, in? And like usual, there's a lot of things going on. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see if we thread the needle here or not. But maybe this is, all a, we can do is a, try. maybe it's a two parter here. No, I mean, I don't think we're. I don't think that'll be necessary. But we can. Um, we should be able to get through it. Yeah. So, so chapter one, chapter one, um, of this section is. Let me get to it. Okay, so it's taking place in the fourth year of Shiana's uh, uh, life in the priesthood, and. The Reverend Mother Tamalane, who's the the master of the embassy or the keep on Rackus, summons Kipuna, a Bene Gesserit acolyte, and pretty much, uh, you know, is like, okay, so you've been spying on uh, Shiana for us, so give me this report. She uh, stops these two prisoners from, from being executed. They're going to be sent to be translated or eaten by a worm, uh, which she still calls Shaitan, also kind of causing rifts within the, the priesthood because they consider that, um, you know, not not reverent enough, right? Should be Shaitalud, according to most of them. Yes. Um, and so she kind of saves these prisoners, says like, hey, we're done with the whole worm thing. So... Uh, the worm execution ritual is 
halted due to Shiana. And Shiana starts to be kind of like more known like uh, through the wider common people. She kind of becomes, you know, a figure of worship herself among, especially among uh, the rabble, the people on the the periphery. What are the, 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 the perimeter hovels is where they live. Sounds like they're kind of in the, the dredges at the very outskirts of uh-huh. uh, Keen, right? The city. Yes. And then probably all the tiny villages out in the, the desert as well, like where Shion herself yep. came from. Uh, which is intriguing to them. Seems like it's something that is kind of like going according to their plans, I think. You know, it's it's not not necessarily like good or bad, but kind of like interesting and something that the Bene Gesserit, you know, feel like they could use to their advantage. And then it kind of goes, what, more into... Tuak and Steros having, uh, you know, a heated conversation or like an argument. Shiana's brought out to talk to the worms again. Everyone's listening. She asks a bunch of questions of them. Um, where do people go when you eat them? Why are people false to me? Should I punish the bad priests? And they're like, man, does this worm respond? Does God respond yeah. to her? And if so, how? Um, I think that's an interesting thing to focus on quickly because it's not not really certain if she is getting any kind any kind of response or if she feels like she's getting any kind of response um i think it seems more like she's not getting answers but like she feels like she could i think you know like she kind of always sends the worm away and i get this feeling that she believes the worm could respond to her but because she doesn't get any kind of response, she's like, well, fine. If you're not going to engage with me, if you're not going to talk or be active in this, then just go. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then they go. And then they go. And we don't have any kind of confirmation on that end. You know, Shion is very tight-lipped about her talks with the worms, um, with Shaitan. Which, you know, much to the befuddlement of the priests. Um, But I do think it's interesting to consider, like, if she's getting anything. Especially if it ends up being, you know, that she does have a connection through, like, a pearl of awareness with the worms. You know, like, if there could be, like, some kind of, like, unspoken or telepathic answer yeah that maybe she has gotten in the past or maybe she is getting but i don't know what do you what do you think about Um, that do you think the worms can respond i so i am with you and i don't think that she is getting any response i don't even know if she thinks that she can get a response i think to her it is it is more like a um I don't know. She's she's still 
angry and confused about it all and and it's it's you know helps helps her process her trauma um from you know the loss of everything she knew um yeah so i i i don't think so but i do think that the priests obviously um kind of have this idea that that maybe you know, God can talk back. You know, maybe one of the pearls of awareness can respond at some point. Um, and that's a, that's a very interesting idea. Um, but I, I I don't know if that's what she's looking for. Um, I I don't know if she would if that's what she would want either. You know, uh, it's true. Like no no answer would satisfy her. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Like there's no explanation for having your your parents and your village be destroyed and yep. consumed in front of you. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, what will be more interesting is is if she can, uh, you know, um, like she is if she can like draw out some sort of response from the one yeah. that people can recognize as, as like an actual, you know, reply to her question that, that like that would be very, very interesting to me. Um, yeah. Imagine how stoked Leto would be. Yeah. And after, uh, 1500 years, he could right? finally have a conversation again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he, that he loves the sound of his own voice more than we love the sound of ours. He does. He does. And we have a podcast. If oh my god, if Lido was alive right now, he would be the fucking king of podcasts. <laughs> he he, he yes. would have like five different podcasts. Yeah, seriously. It would be unbearable. Yeah, I know we've made this joke before, but it, it feels like a real good time to be like Pod Emperor of Doom. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, so I mean th- that's that's kind of my my thought behind it. I and I don't really expect it go- to go anywhere. I don't think there's going to be any sort of summoning of the of the divided god. Um, but I I, I definitely think that Shiana is thinking about it in a much different way than the priests are. Yeah, that much <laughs> that much is certain. Yeah, right. Regardless of if she has any expectations or not, her thoughts about it are completely different yeah. which of course is what is uh throwing the the priesthood into such disarray yeah at the moment you know that they they kind of have to um try and reconcile what would otherwise be these blasphemous thoughts as you know essentially the voice of god yeah uh, right uh, and and to have those things coexist in a way that does not shatter their their organization yeah. from within. Uh and that's a, a tough thing for, you know, these holy men in particular to grapple with. I think I think it's kind of interesting that the uh that the the women of this organization don't feel like they need to uh, bend over backwards in the same way to 
to absorb what she has to say, right? Like there yeah. is this the the older uh, female priests. Um, she she kind of has more stuff to do in the last chapter. I forget what her name is. It's almost like Chaney or Chani. I said Chaney. Kania. Yeah. I just yep. flipped to it. Why did I say Chaney? Fuck me. Uh, Ugh. I know it's the worst. Uh, but Kania seems to have like kind of a strong bond with her. I think she feels like a little motherly towards her. And I remember in in uh, the last section when um when Shion is like awakened into the priesthood, and we get some of that flashback stuff. You know, her and the other female priests kind of feel this this vindication when Shiana just like shuts down yeah. the more dissenting like male mm. priests. So it, it seems like a very gendered and like known sexist organization. Um not surprising, right, within like this religious hierarchy. No, absolutely not. But it's it is, for what it's worth, pointed out very specifically to be the men who are struggling with, um, you know, I guess with taking the word of God from a young girl specifically, right? Yeah, yeah. That if this prophet or this messenger came as a man or even a boy, they could probably very easily be like, oh, well, this is like Leto reincarnated as a child as yeah. he was before right mm -hmm. but instead they have to take this image of siona a kind of reincarnation of siona and i think yeah that is very tough for them it's very tough on a few levels obviously there is the just ingrained sexism that i do think is definitely a part of you know the the reiki and priests um but also siona being a character who you know killed god <laughs> yes and you know they they you know mentioned in the i think it was the final chapter in the section that you know she she's the one that helped translate um the tie you know the tyrant into uh the divided god that they worship now and so yes it is like a double-edged sword you know it's like well we know how you know Leto talked about Siona. We know that she plays a very important part, and and, and she and her her role was necessary, but also she still fucking killed God. Uh, yeah, so that is a part of it for sure. So Shiana being you know the the reemergence of this character is is not good because I because I think that they that a lot of these priests do think um, that she could do to you know they're the the like the, the the priesthood what siona did to toledo himself yeah you know they i think that's exactly it she she symbolizes the the destruction of the old thought um you know and the burgeoning of a new uh new tradition so i think that scares a lot of them yeah yeah for sure it does she's uh, definitely representative of like a divine comeuppance and, yeah. you know, you know, many of them are very aware of their, uh, you know, their deserving nature of it too. You know, they know that within them, they are wicked men. Right. And yeah. That, um, 
they they fear being exposed to. Um, yeah, they do. I think on yeah. on some level, it's not. It, you know, they would obviously, if they were to reflect on it, they don't think of it that way, really. But I, I think inwardly, subconsciously, you know, that is is kind of what's happening here. That they've been able to warp the the word of God into their their own purposes, right? They're, they're yeah. the ones who decides who gets fed to worms. And now they don't have, you know, that same stranglehold that same monopoly on the word of god yeah it's true Um, it's it's another destruction of another kind of monopoly it is yeah yeah yeah, that's that's absolutely true and it's i mean i forget if it's in if it's in in this chapter but that that's not always a good thing either because now they just do you know torturous things but in in private that you know yeah they, they ramp up the uh cruelty in in various other ways right they can't yeah feed people to to the worms i think that is this chapter tamalane predicts and ends up being correct that yeah, yeah they they do a, they're like whipping people flogging i think all, yep. all that stuff too um i think the last thing i want to mention about this chapter you've inspired me I, i've been taking notes uh just small ones but i'm going to nice. address them briefly as i yeah. go through uh i only have one for this chapter but on page 109 of my copy, uh, uh, there's this this small exchange. 2X says, Steros, what if the child is right? We serve the divided God. I have been thinking long and earnestly upon this. Why would God divide? Is this not God's ultimate test? The ultimate test, Tuek insisted, to see the good in evil and the evil in good. Um, I think the two things I want to mention about that, one, like kind of surface level, the idea of the ultimate test coming back is funny because we obviously have that idea linked with um, Nela in God Emperor, right? And the idea of the ultimate test in God Emperor is a... uh, it's something that makes Nayla seem um, blind in a way. Exactly. You know, that yeah. These are people who are incapable of taking in information at the face of it. If mm-hmm. it clashes with the established worldview, the information must be corrupted to fit the worldview. Exactly. The worldview itself can never be changed. And so... Of course, here we have Shiana coming in and the things that she's doing and saying, if they were a truly accepting and, and open uh, people, you know, would, would change the organization itself. But the organization and the worldview cannot be changed. Must so it must attacked. be fit. Right? Yep. Yep. So it's it's cool to get that reoccurrence and that callback to God Emperor. Um but I also like 2X, his, his own explanation or understanding of the ultimate test, to see good in evil and to see the evil in good. I think that's a big lesson from Leto himself, you know, not just a blind lesson dispensed from the God Emperor, but I think that Leto would actually condone that idea, you know. I think so too. Uh, 
because he himself sort of embodied that, right? Absolutely. That's what yep. we struggled with so yeah. much. He's the evil who does good, and he's the good who does evil. Exactly, right? yeah. Um, but also, I think that's such a broad theme within this book, with all these, these these different organizations, and we've discussed like that each organization has its own division and its own conflict within itself. I think it's also kind of like part of this overriding idea that all of these uh, groups of people like the Bene Gesserit and the priesthood and the Tleilaxu and the Ixians, and they're all capable of good and evil, you know, that they, they have all these things within themselves and nothing can truly be condemned with a blanket statement yeah. of holy good or holy evil. Yeah. So I liked this line coming from Tuak and I, I thought it was a cool um a cool thing for for a number of reasons yeah yeah no I think that's absolutely true um and I, I mean even if that is like one of the big lessons that Leto was trying to teach people it's it's still not one that has to- totally sunk in even though things are different and you know I mentioned last time that you know it does seem like people in in this time period are actually thinking for themselves more and more um we we have organizations like the priesthood where there are where you know there 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 are um divided factions but you know they're 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 still fervently um supporting whatever they believe without question um i don't think that is in you know that that's that's still an issue and you know it's like a it's like willfully misinterpreting signs you know or yes it is yep or messages so yeah i think that's it's just very interesting kind of to to see how how everyone takes you know the fallout of leto's reign differently i guess um yeah yeah Yeah, that there's um (laughs) bless you Thank you. That there's, I feel like it's weird to be having this discussion and to have you bless me in this. <laughs> <laughs> to be like, yeah, shouldn't people think for themselves or whatever? Thanks for blessing me. <laughs> he he gives water to the the snee to the sneeze. I don't yeah, know, just, yeah, I don't know. Just fucking say. It's fine. What would the um, fremen say about sneezing? Is there uh, any they passages would about that? Yeah, you would. I don't I don't think so, but they would definitely not want to sneeze. No. It would be Yeah, that's a huge it would hold waste it of in. moisture. Yeah. Yeah. Probably sneezing all, would be probably a lot of burst blood vessels and uh yeah. from in, from in faces. Yeah. That would be like a sign of uh honor. Mm, definitely. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh for the 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 interpretations of Leto's lesson, I think it also kind of goes back to like, there's the wordless truth. There's like the, the impartial, like if, if there were a way for the universe to like separately observe these things, um, that that would be like some kind of objective truth and that thousands of years removed. Yeah. All these people are interpreting what Leto meant or tried to do in their own way. You know, it's, yeah. it's unavoidable. And the, the last thing, when it comes to the division and talking about the divided God himself, um, 
I, I forget, I think something in this chapter made me think this, and it, I almost felt like Shiana or maybe even the priests um, have this idea that when Leto divided, like you almost never know what worm you're going to get. You yeah. might get a worm with a pearl of Leto that like embodies his evil. And maybe that was the worm that like destroyed uh shiana's village or you might get a worm that's like benevolent and kind like it it i i feel like um through something that i read in this section whether it's something that the the book was trying to get across or just something that i'm like thinking about out loud i was considering if uh the division of leto within these worms is almost like each worm could like house a different part of him rather than like each one has a small amount in like an an equitable spread you know what yeah. I yeah mean? i don't think it really matters at all i'm not really looking for like a discussion on that but i want to throw it out there as we're talking about division yeah that's that's a really interesting thought um yeah i mean i think that's that's probably the case even though yeah it's it's it would be a very hard thing to quantify, right? Yeah. Um, unless we get some sort of development where we can kind of measure that in some way, which I don't think we're going to go there, but we could. No, I don't. Um, I don't think so either, and I, and I don't think it's necessary. No, 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 it's not. But it's. But yeah, that's that's. It's like one of the fun things to kind of look into a little bit deeper than maybe we need to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that that's that's a good thought. Yep. Thanks. So the chapter ends. Tamerlane's like, all right, you know, we kind of went through all that that shit. When do you send the Gola? Let's get down to brass tacks. Yeah. When is the Gola getting here? We're kind of left hanging with that. Um, anything else you want to discuss from that chapter before we go to number two? No, I think I think we, we cover all the main points. Cool. So chapter two... Um, Miles Tag goes up on a small uh, ship to a guild transport in orbit around Gamu. He's tense. He's preparing for a conflict. Um, Taraza is on this thing, and that worries him. He's like, she shouldn't be there, so yeah. what the fuck is up? Um, it's interesting. It's a. It's a... It's like an Ixian guild uh, joint ship and is like supposed to represent this kind of um, freedom or separation from like authentic spice that uh, the machines that they have and the synthetic spice, I think, is like <clears throat> enough that they're not beholden to, um, <clears throat> you know, the power structures on Rackets or the B'nai Gesserit. It's kind of a defiant alliance. Mm hmm. Which I think is an interesting idea, but like Tag also notes that they still have guild navigators on these ships because uh, they don't wholly trust the machines. Yeah, so I think that's that's like one of those really sly, slick kind of details that Herbert uh, adds in that I think makes the the world feel, um, you know, just a bit more developed and real in that sense. You know, that absolutely. Uh, you know, these people aren't just going to relinquish their um, 
what is it you know they're they're almost like a prejudice or their superstitions you mm-hmm. know even when they have such um you know technology and, and advancements in knowledge in other areas they're they can still be you know wary to like an irrational degree almost. yeah yep um but at any rate uh terraza and tag meet they have a bit of a secret conversation um we do get some of that good old like mentat computation yeah, going on here in the yeah. chapter, which you were that. right. You were looking for, and it, it is cool to see it at work here. Tag uh, is pretty interesting. We get a lot with him. We get more in chapter four, which we'll have a lot to go over. So I'll try and get there quick. Um, er, but but yeah, it's cool to see him operate. You know, we kind of get this idea that even though he's old, he's still so formidable right and when he puts the pieces together uh and goes over the curtains to expose this military officer who's a part of the scattering yes yeah yeah it's, he's just watch he's just standing in the corner yeah behind, a curtain. behind the curtain <laughs> right it's like he couldn't even be like to the side of it i know it's pretty you know, funny it has to be such a it's such a dramatic reveal yeah Aha. yeah um but yeah uh tag doing that and exposing this uh this man from the scattering is supposed to um show us that he's you know he's this clever that he was able to figure this out just from uh putting the pattern together in his head um i think overall that works i don't uh I think I think it works. I'm kind of maybe yeah. trying to talk about it a little dismissively, where it's like we're supposed to think he's clever. Like it is, it is clever. I think it makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I didn't necessarily feel like it was like an aha moment when he did it. Maybe I was a little behind tag, but um, I thought it was cool. And Tag is able to get them off the ship pretty much by being like, "Well, I've already prepared before I got got onto this ship." Yeah. And we have our own no ships that will fucking kill everyone, including me and including Terraza and including you, bitch, uh, if you don't let us off the ship. And um, this scattering guy says he has like a a duty to the honored maters aboard the ship to protect them. And so he's kind of forced to allow them to leave. Um, The other big thing is that uh Terraza says it's pretty much their plan to get captured, right? Yeah. You know, uh Tag is like, how the fuck did this happen? And Terraza's like, well, we wanted it to happen. Um I kind of forget if there's more to that. Like if Terraza's like, well, we wanted this to happen because of this, or if it's almost like a weird reconnaissance mission where they just want to see like what's going on. You know? I, yeah, I think I might boil it down to that. I remember that it like I I just found it kind of convoluted and I I I I was not really sure what exactly you know the point of all that was. I think I think really it, it felt like just a way to get um you know the characters together um and like you know they 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 knew that if if they were in that danger then Tag would come and and be able yeah. to to you know get them out and so um yeah i i 
it was a cool scene, you know, it's a cool chapter and a cool scene. And then we get, uh, you know, tag, um, Terraza and Odrade together after that, which is cool. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's, it's, it's a, uh, you know, portion that we need to put so much thought into. Yeah, I agree. I don't have any notes on this chapter. It's pretty much just plainly what happens. And what yeah, it tells you. exactly. I, I think, it's cool to get get some mentat action and then some some you know scattering, um, honored mater action. I liked when the guy calls Terraza an honored mater, and she's like, "No way, I'm yeah, I'm a Benet yeah, how dare you? Yeah, I'm yeah. a Reverend Mother." Uh, so that yeah, that that, that was cool. Um, yeah, it was just a fun fun chapter to get you know, Traza and, and tag back together. Yeah. I, the only thing it's, um, I agree that the, the circumstances are like convoluted and it's like, why, why would you put yourself in such, um, such danger? Like regardless of how certain you are of Tig's abilities, but I, I feel like they're kind of trying to show the people of the scattering and the honor maters like that they know they're there and they know they're a threat, right? Like last yeah. section. Yeah. It was revealed that we knew that this, this cell of the honor maters was on Gamu operating on the same planet. And I feel like it was kind of the, the Reverend mothers and the Bene Gesserit being like, don't think you're operating in such secrecy. Like, don't think we are not aware of your plans. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because we are, and we can even, openly thwart them yeah yep i think so it i yeah i I agree with you i think the means of how it goes down is uh a little much but i think what they're trying to do with it makes sense at least on some sure knowing knowing the way that the bene gesserit operates yeah no I, i i totally agree with that Okay, but yeah, I'm I'm good to go to the third chapter too. Let's so, jump jump on. Let's fucking let's fucking do it. Let's yeah, fucking do it. So this chapter, um, we have like you said, Odrade, uh, Teg, and Terraza, pretty much just having a conversation on the transport back to Gamu. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to mention uh, the opening chapter. Um, it says, The failure of Chone? Quite simple. They ignore the fact that larger commercial powers wait at the edges of their activities. Um, powers that could swallow them the way a slig swallows garbage. This is the true threat of the scattering to them and to us all. Um, although, actually, I mean, like, it is interesting, but I'm kind of wondering why I wanted to talk about the opening passage. I just wrote opening passage down for my notes. So maybe I'm now losing time that we're saving. Maybe. The second chapter. Repeat it again. I can't, I can't help myself, Connor. Read it really again can't. for me. Uh, the failure of Chome, quite simple. They ignore the fact that larger commercial powers wait at the edges of their activities. Powers that could swallow them the way a slig swallows garbage. This is the true threat of the scattering to them and to us all. I think um, this does get talked about more 
or actually it it's the it's the chapter we just discussed where yeah Teg is like he he realizes it must be someone from the scattering because he's like oh you know I don't know why would X uh you know threaten their relationship with the Bene Gesserit by doing this the only thing that would make sense is if they had a more profitable alliance or or market to tap yeah and that must be the scattering you know they're kind of this unknown variable that's sort of waiting to be brought into the fold like they're it kind of seems like the 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 major market influences like the guild um and shome and i guess not shome shome fucked up but is like thinking of the scattering not as a threat but as like a a population of people to be like absorbed into space capitalism you know yeah 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 kind of Yep. And and that could, you know, swing whatever way for for these, you know, disparate organizations. Right. It's like they they don't really have like a strong foothold in the current setup, but like they could disturb yeah, the the power dynamic yeah. by like bringing in this unknown Absolutely. group. Yeah. Yep, you're right. But I I don't know. I don't have any. Um, I don't even know if that's what I wanted to say. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but, it's uh, it's an interesting little tidbit. All right. Um. So most of this has to do with Odrade's reflections. You know, she kind of goes back through her her memories again, um, like she does, and Teraza and Teg's conversation, where Teraza's trying to like kind of guide Teg to certain ideas too. Um, I think Odrade's continued reflections on love are really poignant and interesting for her character. You know, she's obviously in this role that's like meant to be at odds with feelings and emotions. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of a cliche done really well where it's like, oh, I, I can't be taken in by love, you know, but it's like love is the most powerful force in the universe right and we've we've talked about herbert being like a kind of humanist and i think that he's a champion for love you know yeah i think Um, absolutely and so it's cool that he's writing some of that through this character who's you know trying to push away love but it always comes back to her you know she can't she can't avoid it um and so she's grappling with this idea that it's a weakness. Um, when, you know, Leto would say that it was a strength, right? Like that was such yeah. a big thing for him at the end of God Emperor. Absolutely. His relationship with it Queen. was. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It's 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 very interesting. Because, you know, Leto was kind of weighing very heavily you know whether or not he wanted to destroy the Bene Gesserit or not yes and he easily could have done that you know and it's it's because you know because of of the love he had for his grandmother that he didn't you know um and then then we have a, a, a slight I mean not not a revelation but kind of a slight um theory regarding Queenery 
um, that's kind of brought up in the last chapter that that um, that makes this all the more interesting. Oh yes, you know that. Yes, that's that, right. You can, yeah, let's talk. I about mean, it's that. part of the, the the chapters that that she could have secretly been a, a Bene Gesserit that many people believe that she she was secretly a Bene Gesserit. Yeah, um, a, high, which, or, uh, a Reverend Mother. Reverend too, Mother. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, which you know them using love as a weapon, obviously that's you know that that would be obviously what what happened to Lido and that what what led to his downfall um so yeah i so i mean maybe it was his greatest oversight not taking out the bene Gesserit. i don't yeah, know yeah maybe if if it is true and i like that it's not just confirmed it's like you said it's this theory by a past high priest of the yeah, priest of practice yep yep um you know, that, that let's say she was a Reverend Mother and let's say she was weaponizing love against Leto. If that's all true, it seems like we also made the same quote-unquote mistake as Jessica, right? Yeah. Because it feels like her her love ended up being genuine. You know, she it had does. every reason. You know, if, uh, if, it, if it were solely to take down Leto, you know, would she have reacted the same way at the very end would she have said to Lido, you know i'll i'll meet you on the other side or i'll be with you soon love whatever yep. she says you know mm-hmm. like um i think regardless of if it's true or not her love ends up being real regardless of how yeah. it started yeah i think that's true and i mean it's it's hard to say because obviously like queenery was like that's what she was designed for she was like totally designed to love and be loved by Leto. Um, and even if she was a reverend mother and using that love for a different purpose, it doesn't necessarily mean the love was not real, you know, like, yeah, like I, I think they're capable of, of real pure love. They can just switch it on and off and can manipulate people with it. But I don't think that that means that the love is, is not real or, or that it's pretend. Um, That's right. That's true. They just have a control over it or, or, or should have a control over it. Right, 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 right. True. Right. But that's used for their own purposes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and we do see that when Odrade talks about uh, the first man she was sent to seduce, um, that's kind of like her first experience it seems like with with romantic love with like a lover or a yeah. partner you know yeah yeah um and she does kind of go through this process of like for for a moment she's in like true vulnerable love and then like has to remind herself to put the mask back on yeah and manipulate that man mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so yeah that's uh that's been tough, of course. Um, <clears throat> I uh, I don't know where this part was in the chapter. I have a note here for chapter three. Um, I think it's something that Terraza says. Let me see if I can find it quick. Sure. Do you want to talk about anything while I'm 
flipping. Do you want to mention anything about this chapter yourself? Um, uh, in general. Um, not that I can think of, but I I I do like that. Um, you know, it's kind of uh, you know, very Benet Gesserit e having you know, Terraza talking to tag right but but really talking to to odrade sending odrade yeah. a message yeah, yeah i think yeah. that's very interesting i love that shit yeah yeah that was that was done really well this group of characters yeah. together especially with you know the knowledge that we get in the next chapter that of course yeah. odrade and yeah terraza are aware of um absolutely at, you know adds another layer to this um I, I did find what I want to talk about. Um, it's at the end of the chapter, so it feels like kind of just brushing over the middle stuff, which is, yeah, very interesting, but I don't know how much I have to say. Yeah. I like the stuff about, like, the key log, that, like, one thing could be removed, and it kind of allows for more to flow. Um, yes, yes, and and um, Lita was the key log, right? Yeah, right, that he, he dammed the river and... Uh, allowed it to flow after his passing. Yeah, right? that that's he, that, he that's both. that's a very yeah that that's a great term. Um, but here's what I what I wanted to mention. It's it's on the very last page of this chapter, and I'm just going to read this small passage. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, they're talking about the Atreides Manifesto, and Taraz's like uh. Odrade is going to catch you up to speed, Tag. You know, and this is yep. this is important. Um, and this this thought, I, I think it's a thought from the manifesto itself comes to Odrade. She says, or or thinks to herself, just as the universe is created by the participation of consciousness, the prescient human carries that creative faculty to its ultimate extreme. This was the profoundly misunderstood power of the Atreides bastard, the power that he transmitted to his son, the tyrant. Um, we've talked about prescience a lot. Yeah. And I'm sure this has come up, but I really like this passage because it, I, I, I because I think it um, reinforces how Leto thought about prescience and how he thought about the future. It's pretty much saying to me, this is what I think, um, that if the universe is kind of created in real time as you, the human, observes it, you know, that a, that a human observation is necessary for the universe to have purpose. And it kind of like creates reality in like this tandem effect. Mm. Um, and like so too is the future created by the oracle. It's not seen as like a static foregone conclusion you know it's it's something that the prescient viewer observes but but creates through the observation not that it existed before yeah. it was yeah. seen you mm. know what i mean yep no, and so right. so leto understands this and he pretty much makes the future not only that he sees, but that he wants, you know? And of course, we've beaten this conversation to death, but it's like, 
this is in huge opposition to Paul who saw the future and, and viewed it as unchangeable, you know, not if, you know, if Paul had the idea and the view of his own prescience that like he could change it or create it, if he earnestly believed that he desperately wanted to believe it. And there were times in Messiah, he, he felt like maybe I can change it, yeah. but he always, always, always fell back into the pattern of, you know, the future is, um, a rock. Yeah. Know? Yep. Was being shackled, um, shackled by his prescience rather than, you know, having a tool in his toolbox to sculpt it, you know? Yes. Right. And Leto yeah. sees it as something that he can build. And we, we did talk about that, but it's cool to see it laid out in this passage, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's, I guess it's tough too. Cause it, it is like, it's, a, it's an enormous, you know, responsibility. Like, like, uh, like you got to put in a lot of work, you know, to, to get to that future and <laughs> got to crack a couple of eggs to make an omelet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Lido, yeah. Lido cracked those eggs open. Yeah. Paul was, uh, Paul was too timid. He, he, you know, he, uh, he just watched, uh, the eggs hatch and then the, then the, you know, little, little, uh, <laughs> you know, ducks just died. So, yeah. That was, uh, I'm surprised that's not how Herbert chose to write about it. Yeah, he should have yeah. done, he should have done more really, egg metaphors. I really like the egg, yeah, the egg analogy there. But no, um, yeah, there, there, there's a clear distinction between those, those two views of, of prescience. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, Odrade wonders if that's correct. She kind of seems to have this fear that, um, that maybe Paul was right and Leto was wrong. Yeah. You know, because it's just like with everything, it's it's not that there's uh, an exact answer. It's just the interpretations that these people come to. And so Terraza seems to be pretty convinced that the future can be built. And yeah. I think Odrade believes that too, but but she's questioning. You know, just like she questions like her own emotions and how that fits into the Bene Gesserit. You know, she's like, what if nothing can be changed and we're all just, you know, on rails? Yeah. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting question that I mean, it, it, you know, there there isn't really a solid answer because I mean, although, you know, Leto did. He, he he looked at it from a very different perspective and there were things he could change along the path and he was not even he was not even locked into the golden path until a certain point um there still was the 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 shackles of oh if i don't do this then you know humanity dies in the Kralzek or whatever yeah yeah um, then that's it um yeah so it's it's it seems to me to be, uh, you know, more of a matter of perspective than like, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know. I want to say yeah. metaphysics, but like, 
it's it's uh yeah it's 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 more of how it's looked at because I think the middle is is I think I think it's somewhere in the middle there there's there's things that Paul could have done to change the future slightly um and then and there's things that Leto could have not done that would have changed the future drastically or you know vice versa but um yeah yeah it's, I. I don't think there's a hard and fast line there. There's not. And, um, right. We, we don't get an objective answer because we can't really, but the opening passage to the fourth chapter seems to like kind of immediately comment on this and, and, and at least reaffirm Taraza's position. I'm going to read that quickly. Uh, at the quantum level, our universe can be seen as an indeterminate place, predictable in a statistical way, only when you employ large enough numbers. Between that universe and a relatively predictable one, where the passage of a single planet can be timed to a picosecond, other forces come into play. For the in-between universe where we find our daily lives, that which you believe is a dominant force, your beliefs order the unfolding of daily events. If enough of us believe, a new thing can be made to exist. Belief structure creates a filter through which chaos is sifted into order. And that's the analysis of the tyrant, yeah. the Terraza file. Yeah. So it, it, it kind of is like what you're saying, right? And, and really all Terraza is saying is, you know, the, the Bene Gesserit are trying to harness belief that there's like a real energy and a real power in enough people believing the thing yeah. to like will it into the truth exactly into existence and that's kind of what seeing the future is according to her it's it's observing something that hasn't happened and if you believe it to be true then it will inevitably happen if you believe you can change it if you believe that it's only one of you know maybe infinite possible visions then you can change it too and so that's really what it comes back to right Leto believed he could get on the vision path change the things that were necessary yeah and I mean, Paul believed he was damned exactly yeah yeah no that that's absolutely true but then it's also like well you know what if the guy who had the gold who who saw the golden path was not, you know, the the heir to the throne, you know. He wasn't the son of an emperor like would it have been willing to existence that way? Probably not. No, cuz Leto has the power of of an entire empire behind him, you know? Yeah. And you know, he he can have these you know, people en masse believe what what he is preaching to them. Um yeah and and that's the that's the difference too that's that's what it boils down to and that's also the danger of the preacher right you know that's that that was the danger of the character of the preacher in children of dune is you know he's he's get you know going around um getting these you know the, the the masses to question um you know the the rule of muadib or Aaliyah, the you know the mm-hmm. the Atreides uh, Empire. So, so so yeah, it's really 
I think belief multiplied does end up, you know, equaling reality, you know, right? Yeah, that's a pretty uh, big idea that, that Herbert seems to be pushing more and more. Yeah. Some, something yeah. that has always been present, but, you know, he decides to focus on more in this chapter, yeah, which is definitely. cool to see. It is. I know we didn't talk too much about chapter three in terms of the conversation itself. Do you want to mention anything or do you want to just jump into four? Um, um, I mean, wh- what what are the important uh, points we we need to get get through? I, I don't know if there's much. Um, yeah, I don't know about too much either. I, you know, I, I'm sure we could pick it apart, but, you know, largely where you're like, well, Taraz is having a conversation with Tag, but, like, she's really sending messages to, uh, to Odrade. You know, she knows she's listening. Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of that kind of just comes to fruition in the next chapter. Yeah, no, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, so, yeah, we can, we can jump ahead um i am gonna go pee and grab my book because i feel like i i i i don't have anything to say because i don't have my book in front of me um so literally one minute break then we'll jump back into it all right no problem okay so chapter four we covered that that opening bit um i took a bunch of like little notes uh I, just quickly covering the chapter, though. Tag Terraza Odrade um, land back on Gamu. And they meet up with Lucilla and Shuangyu. There's, of course, a bit of tension, but they kind of split off. Uh, Terraza and Lucilla go off together. Shuangyu just leaves because no one wants to fucking hang out with her. She's not part of the cool kids club. And Odrade and Teg are paired off. And they're having a walk, having a quick talk. And Odrade has a lot to say. Um, She reveals that she's actually Teg's daughter. (gasps) Yeah. How does she know that? It's a pretty cool reveal, isn't it? She has the memories of her mother because she's a reverend mother. Um, yeah, she didn't she say that she can like feel all of her ancestral memories on her mother's side, which is not, I guess, or on on the female side, which is not like actually doesn't doesn't happen to everybody. What do you mean it doesn't happen to everybody? Not all Reverend Mothers? Yeah, it seems like a it seems like it, it 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 was like a <laughs> um was maybe kind of a rare thing these days. I don't know where where that, that part is, oh. let me see. Maybe. I mean like the way that we understand Reverend Mothers, wouldn't that be the norm typically? The way right? that we understand it, yeah. Yeah. From the from okay. first book. But perhaps they're at like a weakened state at this point or Maybe. I, when I read it, I didn't take it as a 
special necessarily, more that she was kind of like leading up to an explanation with Teg. You May, know, yeah, like, that, that, that could be. Oh, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Um, Teg's kind of like, why are you telling me this? Like, I know how that's, it works. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, just the way she phrases it is interesting. My, mem- my memories are no longer selectively filtered. So it, it seems like seems like maybe other ever mothers are it's it's yeah it's hard for me to uh well i think it's i think more there's like, i think there's more um later in the chapter too but go ahead maybe i i took that as more that she's explaining how her memories and the way that she perceives memories are different from how a mentat or any other like sure yeah yeah that makes regular sense. human would be so like selectively filtered like the way that you kind of can choose to call upon or try to call upon certain memories. Like I think for her, she, she she's almost like, it's a, you know, it's a fucking mess sure. in here. You know, like I just have everything. Um, but yeah, but at any rate, it's, it's because of her um, ability to call upon those, those memories on her feminine ancestry that she's like, well, you know, I, I pretty much remember you being with my mom. And this is what you said. You know, you are my father. Um, Tegs, uh, you know, kind of like pauses and it, it feels like he's a bit taken aback at first. But he reflects on it and he doesn't have a very strong reaction to it. And he's kind of like, well, do you even consider yourself to be like a person? You know, like, am I your father I if you're not even human? Um, I feel like this conversation that they had was so fascinating. Uh, it, it opens up so many little windows to the Dune universe. I think even the fact that... I, and I'm talking like even separately just from the implications of having like the, the father daughter character have this conversation, like Teg Teg is someone who, you know, I personally would be like, well, aren't you removed from humanity as well? You know, yeah. by, by virtue of going through this training to become a mentat. Um, Absolutely. But it, I mean, that's why mentats were banned during Alito's run. Right. Right. But he doesn't perceive it that way. And it seems like it seems like the idea is most other people wouldn't either. You know, that a mentat is like special and important, but not separate from humanity. And even the guild navigators who go through like a physical change because they live within the spice tanks in order to navigate the the highliners um the, you know his point is like even though that they look different their brains are still essentially human you know that they are still recognized as part of a common humanity even though they're outwardly very weird and so like takes pretty much like you know reverend mothers appear as people you look human and you act human in in ways to like comfort us in a way but within yourselves you know you are 
this other thing that you've had to lose your humanity. And they even compare it to, you know, the way Leto uh, loses his humanity. You know, the yeah. Reverend Mothers are the closest thing to understanding the way that the tyrant um, experienced the, the universe. Um, so I feel like there's a lot, <clears throat> a lot to unpack there. But then there's even more. Odrade also reveals that she's the one who wrote the Atreides Manifesto. Yes, yes, she did. We we don't fully understand the implications of that, but they, at the very least, the Bene Gesserit are like, well, you know, it's intentional that it's being spread by the Tleilaxu. It's they seem to be thinking that they are manipulating them, um, and judging by that first chapter with the the Tleilaxu, it it seems like they're right, you know. Yeah. Um. So I. I think there's a lot of places to go for conversations in this chapter, but I'm wondering if you're drawn to anything or, or if there's anything you want to talk about first. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. It, 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 it is interesting. The, you know, the questioning of humanity, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting and kind of, um, uh, I don't know chill inducing how how you know she she can quote his his conversation back like even to like the intonation you know and that's just like a, a cool thing that Bene Gesserit can do um right yeah I I mean and and uh you know she's it's it's not it's it's kind of goes to show Teg does kind of have a um maybe a little bit of a skewed perception of Bene Gesserit. I mean, he, he's been, you know, manipulated by them for his entire life and still is, you know, allegiant to them. Um, and, and it's also interesting that, that, you know, she, she does kind of want this acceptance of her father. Um, you know, even if she 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 does compartmentalize love or tries to, you know, she's she's crying at the end. Um, yeah, crying real tears. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh yeah it, it it's a very interesting you know dichotomy there. Um, and then the whole, uh, the, you know, the, the thing with the, the piece of art in uh, Taraz's office. Yeah, um, I like that. Yeah, that that was a really neat um, memory to share um, and how touched she was by it. And, I mean, thinking of, of uh, you know, I, I, I guess what it is, like, is like an Ixian probe, you know, like, preserved it, and then they were able to, like recreate virtually van gogh's um like painting of the actual piece which is really crazy yeah it's to me what i think it is it's like um the way that Bene Gesserit like can infer and understand other people's emotions through like the the minutia or the, the micro actions that they take that like they can they can know Van Gogh's own feelings 
as he created the painting through the brush strokes. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's kind of like a like a reverse engineering of uh, yes. of the painting, and yeah, so that that is fascinating. Um, yeah, and ah, it's it's I I I don't know. Odrade is a very interesting character, and I like her a lot so far. It 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 does seem like there is this conflict within her that that is um going to build more and more um but i think we hit it on the head right here with 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 you know tags uh you know argument yeah yeah um talking about like the acceptance that she wants from her father and that you know, Tig doesn't doesn't even think to give it because he doesn't like perceive her as a human the same way. Yeah. Um I don't know if it's so much that he has the Bene Gesserit as an organization pegged wrong, or if he has it exactly right and Odrade is the anomaly, you know? I think that's probably closer to 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 what it is. Um I I think he knows what the, the Bene Gesserit are largely, but but yeah, I mean, heretics is, is about right. The it's it's about the individuals within these massive organizations, yeah, that do have different beliefs and different thoughts, and um, I, I I guess how harmful it is to kind of think of you know these people as as a monolith, right? Yes. And so that, yeah, I think I this think is so. a th- th- this is a good kind of microcosm of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, through this conversation, we even get a bit with um, we even get some some clarification on why uh, Odrade and Lucilla look so different. It's because yeah. they're part of so similar. Or sorry, thank you. Yeah, so similar. They're part of like parallel breeding lines. I think that's exactly what they call it. Uh, so am I to believe that? They either have the same mother or the same father, and Tag is also Lucilla's father. I wasn't really sure what was it's, up with that. It's hard to say. I mean, you know, Tag is probably not the only person in the breeding program that like really resembles, you know, Leto the first, right? Like that's true. So it could just be somebody else who has those characteristics that they bred with somebody else who has the other characteristics they wanted to pair together. Right. Um, so, so, so they'd, they'd be parallel lines. Parallel lines don't cross. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, that's right. a that's, good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's kind of right, how right. I viewed it. Nope. I think that's exactly it. Almost like, you know, hedging your bets or, you know, it's yeah. like if you can do it more than once, why not? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Who knows it, how many parallel lines they have going. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's uh, a good point. So, <clears throat> yeah, there's there's not that. blurred lines. <laughs> no, no, that's uh, one hashtag we do not uh, endorse. In fact, we condone it. <laughs> uh, fuck that guy. Bad um, song. That's right. 
bad song and even worse man. I would not hesitate to translate him to Shy Tan. <laughs> uh, I don't even know uh, what the guy's name is, but yeah. <laughs> we dare not uh, repeat it. Not even worthwhile. No, no. Um, but yeah, no, I think you're totally right. Uh, and, and I'm glad, not that I like expected this, but like, it did feel like Herbert was capable of also like going the route where it's like, Odrade and Lucilla look strikingly similar and it's repeatedly commented on, but like never really oh, yeah. explains, you know, like that totally could have happened. Absolutely. So, um, I was glad that, uh, that was at, at least remarked upon here. And I think even Odrade being brought into the role of author of the Atreides Manifesto, um, per usual, it's like we got to see how it plays out. But I really like that idea because it feels like Herbert is pulling in these threads and and kind of constructing a tighter narrative than I felt like we got um, in God Emperor or in Children of Dune. Like, you know, uh, in in the first Dune book, I think most of the things that he introduces are relevant and play off each other, even if it's just in a small way over time. Like, there's always a kind of payoff, you know? And so, like, mm. I like that. Here in Heretics of Dune, Herbert isn't just like, oh, well, the author is some character who doesn't matter who died a thousand years ago, which would have been fine. But there are really cool implications and, and really intriguing opportunities for what this could mean by having it be this main character yeah. who does it. Yeah. Um, yep. And I was not expecting that. I didn't think the author was even alive or was going to matter. No, you know, I mean, I well, didn't. specifically, uh, you know, the author being somebody who, who can tap into the ancestral memories of all the Atreides women down the line, you know, yeah. like, like that's, that's, that right. makes sense. I, I, I didn't even consider it though. Yeah. So like, yeah, it, it's like a, it's an answer that makes sense and is really cool, but like was not in front of our faces. No. So no, I know. Yeah. I, I like that. I think this chapter does a lot of work to, bring things together it makes the atreides manifesto feel um you know more relevant to our main cast of characters yeah. and of course it it literally creates a relationship between tag and odrade specifically yes yep absolutely Which, and, and i mean it's it's, it's so brilliant because like i mean from the from the beginning from from the first few chapters of dune you know we're like oh i hope they don't pull any star wars shit where everyone's related to everyone and <laughs> they do and, and frank herbert does but yeah it makes a whole lot more sense yeah uh because the breeding program exists and is just this huge um endeavor um and is is it's so much more interesting than oh this person can only use the forest because they're related to this part like it's it just it's such a it's such a uh, a better use of of like you know human relations and and blood and whatever yeah um, it is it's it's used for very different purposes but to a more compelling degree yeah absolutely sure. um and it makes even more sense that odrade wrote 
the manifesto what we learn what her name translates into oh right yeah it's a change yeah it's a change of atreides yeah so. yeah just atreides you know you know that, change down the d- that over actually the years. made me think i'm probably pronouncing odrade wrong no but it's too late for me to change it no what, what, are you, what are you talking about well i think atreides it could be like uh, I don't know. I feel like something that would sound more closer to Atreides, like uh, Odrady or... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're pretty close to OG. to being on the money. Because I was thinking, because in my head, I, I was thinking oh, uh, Odrade, you know? Yeah. And uh, after that, I was like, wow, I think Connor's right. Od- Odrade sounds kind of like a bastardization of uh, of Atreides down, down the line. So, I mean, uh-huh. I... I I think Sorry. I think you're closer to to getting it than than not. Yeah, maybe I, I don't know. I had the opposite thought. I had to reflect on it. I'm like, maybe I fucked up, but it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, that was cool. There's even a line in this chapter. Uh, it, it's it's at the very beginning of the chapter. It says millennia tended to shorten some labels, which yeah. I thought it was funny because that's exactly what we were commenting on yep. last episode. <laughs> yeah, where people just fucking—they're like, "Oh, well, chop same off time, half, right? just, half, yeah, of, yeah, half words." Just lose the first part of that shit. So even the characters are like, "Yep, that's pretty much what we do." Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, I, I know we have one more chapter to do, but I think we're doing pretty good on time. I want to just—I'm just going to go through my notes here for this chapter, sure, yeah. and, and try and wrap it up. Uh, they're small. Um, I, <laughs> I'm even, I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, should I even say this? But one of my notes is just, it, it's in quotations, penis firmly clasped in vagina. Oh God. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Which honestly, oh. there's nothing like wrong with that. It's just funny to see Herbert so plainly write it out usually know. even he has like some kind of a a more flowery description and he's just like nah not this time <laughs> gonna go right for the goods yeah so i don't have anything to say about that and i i don't think it's a problem i just uh it feels like like beef swelling it's a kind of a beef oh, swelling yeah. moment and i just yeah. can't not throw it out there that, that yeah really it is but at least beef swelling down. was a like a new word you know it's like a yeah. new kind of idea but yeah this is just yeah it's uh i mean it's to be fair it's strong imagery imagery you know firmly clasped yes it is strong imagery it's so it it works is all i'm saying it does it does work that's that's the thing though because like when i heard that the the last two books were meant to be kind of like about like sex plays a big role in them. Yeah. Um, I was prepared to cringe, but I do think that Frank Herbert is handling it better than I thought he was going to like, like, I mean, we, we talked about this, this last episode, but it makes, it makes sense. You know, I, I, I I can't complain. Um, yeah, we're, we're the, the future fucks, right? That's what, that's, that's that's what we decided. The future fucks. Yeah. Be at our, our episode title if you want. No, I think it will be. It's a good idea. Um, here's my next note. When Teg and Odrade are about to go on their walk, Teg's like, "Hey, I got this room over here. If you just want to chill out, uh, there's some chair dogs. 
Oh my god. Odrade says, I hate it when they try to cuddle me. Yeah. What the fuck is a chair dog? I, know. I am freaking out. It is a dog. It's a real dog, yeah. It's a real fucking dog. That they use as a chair. Yes, it I think you're exactly right. You had this idea last time that I shot down. Oh, I and you were like, I think it's like a dog that they like bred to be a chair. And I'm like, <laughs> no. 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 But this the more I hear about it, this line is like that has to be it, right? They're I think so. Gross fucking dog that i think has like slowly over time been evolved to have like this probably horrible mutated bone structure that yeah literally like shoots from its back like the back of a chair with like arms to rest on like yeah i think that's like, it. literally a giant fucking dog with this horrible indentation and like yep bone seat Oh, I know it's 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 that's it's it's really horrid to think about. Yeah, it's like fucking nightmare shit. Yeah, why? It Out is. Of, I would take a million penises firmly clasped in a million yeah. vaginas. I know, and they treat it so casually too, right? It's like yes. I mean, this has been around for a long time, obviously, but that's yeah, that's millennia of animal abuse to get to that point. Like, it's just it's so. It's so bad. It's so, it's, it's such a bad, it's just such a bad thing. It is. It's what I find interesting about it is, of course, Herbert's kind of making this commentary on the way that we've also bred dogs in our real life, right? Like, sure. I, I, my mind goes immediately to pugs. Yeah. And, you know, how it's, it, we know that, uh, that they're prone to like breathing problems and, and, and dying from that yep. shit solely because of how we bred them, you know? So it's like Herbert's kind of taking this idea like he does and he's like, all right, you know, what if I, I, I take this thing from our real life and I extrapolate it thousands of years into the future? What could it look like if, if how we breed dogs today results in like their own harm for our sole benefit? What would it be like if I literally turn this this animal that is so malleable and, and able to be changed and bred. What if I turned it into an actual object, a living tool for people? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, even though like this is, it, it's, it's just absolutely treacherous really. Um, this is the, that's, this is the far end of the extreme, right? The, like this, this is what would happen if, if we don't stop that, that shit down the line. Like, yeah. If it yeah. if it just if it's just acceptable, yeah, there there'll be detractors here or there, some animal rights activists here and there, but it's gonna keep going if it's a big industry. It, yeah, that's it's it's a. Uh, but I the the best part is though just how casually it slipped in, right? You know, like it's yeah, yeah, not a major plot point. No, like, doesn't it doesn't matter. No, it, this really. is this is just it's it's literally just um, just the you know furniture. Literally just yes. the furniture. Like yes, yep. Oh man, yeah. It's it, that's it. Just and it makes you think. It it just makes you think about the society as a whole. Like it's like chair dogs. the The existence of chair dogs does more to give you a good picture of like what what the um, the universe looks like as a whole than anything in God Emperor of Dune ever did. Yeah, you know. I it's, think it's that's like true. that that one little detail you can just extrapolate so much from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, good point. It yeah, it does a lot of work. Not not important, not a focus. And no. right, the fact that it's not a focus also speaks volumes. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. yep. So yeah, it's just uh yeah, the more the more that I see that, the more I'm just like, oh god damn it. I know. Um when when Odrane mentions the the conversation that Teg and her mother had proving that she's his daughter. Um, the the line is something like it was at a time in Teg's life that he thought he was free, right? From the yes, from the yes. He kind of they both have this talk afterwards where he's like, "Well, I was never free, right?" Mm. And that remains true even after his retirement. Even yes. in, in his retirement, he's called back. He was never free. He recognizes this. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I thought was was interesting is the timeline of events for his life. Um, during this period of supposed freedom where he's just out sleeping with whoever, presumably, mm. Teg says it's before his Mentat training. Oh. And of course he's incredibly old, but we know from the first Dune book, Mentat training at least, who knows, this is thousands of years removed, so could be so different now. But the only other time it's been discussed was with Paul, as, I, as far as I remember. Yeah. And it's it's revealed that uh, the Mentat training must begin unbeknownst to the recipient in their very early yeah. development, yep. right? Yep. Yep. And then you're kind of like told that you can continue your Mentat training. Doesn't matter. Not here nor there. Could have happened. But it sounds like maybe it didn't and that maybe takes Mentat training could have been like very different from Paul's. Um, yeah, so I that's thought that was what it seems like there too. And um, oh, and then the fact that Odrade. Sorry, I took down a lot of notes here. Yeah, that's good. The fact that Odrade uh, is a a bastard, essentially, you know. And was not a like sanctioned Bene Gesserit birth of Teg's genes. Um, one, the fact that the Bene Gesserit still claim ownership to those babies is like, yeah, you don't, no one who has the genes that they use for their breeding program gets to breed freely. They are keeping tabs on all that shit at all times so they control the gene pool. Even if you much. think that, that it's, you know, that you're free, you're not. Yeah, so yeah. like that has far-reaching implications too. But then also, that whole idea I think is also why Odrade had to live with a foster family in the first place. Yes, we talked about like in the first episode, I think, where it's like, does Odrade talk about that? We were kind of at a loss. Like, what's the yeah. reason for it? I think it? so. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah. And I think this is sort of the explanation right now that you know that. Um, That Odrade, you know, couldn't just be taken into the Bene Gesserit immediately for whatever reason because she wasn't like a sanctioned birth. Yeah. And just lived with like this foster family until the Bene Gesserit were like, okay, we can like pick you up from school now. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um. All right. That's kind of it. Uh, we only got like uh, 15 minutes at best here. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's so uh, we... lightning round this last chapter. <sighs> okay. Um. Here's 
Here's my big thing. Uh-huh. Holy shit, dude. Holy shit. This chapter finally Herbert acknowledges Yes, oh my god, yes. Ah, uh, yes. From the first Dune book. I know. I was so fucking excited. I know. I was so happy. That literally made me laugh out loud yeah. when I saw that. I was like, "Are you serious?" I know. It's like my thought was like, did he just realize that? Like, like did, did somebody yes, just tell him? That's, that's what I thought too. Yeah. I bet I, I bet Herbert fucked up and he's like, well, I better retcon I know, that shit. I know. But, that's fucking hilarious. That yeah. it's it's like some like uh you know, like really like like uh what's the word for it? Like esoteric argument that 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 two priests from the far future are getting into like that's yeah that's how we 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 get that confirmation that's the funniest shit ever yeah yeah i think it i think it works really well i'm glad like at this point obviously he could have just very easily been like ah whatever yeah yeah i know Uh, not done anything with it and it would have just been fine um but he chooses to engage with it and yeah i think he I think he pulls it off. In I a, think so too. A really, yeah, a, a a weird a weird way that that works. I like it as like this bit of religious interpretation because it it also kind of turns back around and serves to tell us more about the the priests and their own beliefs. You know. Yeah, and I mean it's it's very interesting. So I mean. Are they saying that that Leto was reincarnated from Leto too? I yeah. They're they're kind yeah, of the same I person essentially. It's it's almost like that's this the official church holy, stance. Right. It's almost like this holy trinity idea where it's like, well, God is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and like Leto the second, the baby died in the first book. But yeah, he he is both like reincarnated as Leto the second, Muad'Dib's you know next son, but also like stays in heaven as a baby. And yeah. they say that like Leto gets to be Leto the second instead of Leto the third because like the baby relinquishes its name. It's the nameless. It's the nameless god according yeah. to something like That's that. So fucking weird. Which is kind of like the whole wordless truth idea, which is why I think they're able to rationalize it. I mm-hmm. think they see the dead baby as like the wordless truth of God Leto. Yeah, Does the, that makes sense. The uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's it. So yeah, it says that part of him became nameless then, as the true essence of God should always be. Yes, yeah, the true, the true essence of God. Yes. That's fucking wild. It, it, and I think yeah. I think that's a warped idea of the wordless truth from yeah. from Leto's uh, journals. I think you're almost definitely right. I think you're. I think that yeah, that makes total sense. And in that like, Steros calling him Leto the Third is like that's heresy. Like yes, like that's yeah. that's some offensive shit right there. Yeah, yeah, that that, and and it's. It's so funny, too, because, like, Tuek kind of remarks on the fact that this this division of the priests that Steros kind of represents as, uh, like, 
heretical priests, it's because they have um, a belief in science. That's yes. scientists. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, of course, to Steros, he would just be like, well... <laughs> he's actually the, not... The way that babies work yeah, and the way yeah. that you have, like, children, like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, we would say, yep. it doesn't make sense that I you know. would have Leto the Second and then Leto the Second. Yep. It just doesn't add up. I know. There, yeah, but, you know, there actually was a Leto before him that was... <laughs> right, right. Uh, to him, he's kind of just, like, pointing out the history of it. yeah. Yeah. And to Tuek, yeah, that is blasphemy. Mm-hmm, you're right. That's that's so funny. Yeah. Um, it actually, it made me think, I remember before when we were joking about that shit mm. in Children of Dune, I think we called him Lee 3. Yeah. And I'm just now realizing, how did we not do 3-toe? Oh, damn, yeah. I don't think we did. I don't think we, that we, we went there, no, no. I think we did Lee 3, and I I don't know, because as soon as I saw Leto the third, I was like, oh, dude, 3-do. Yeah. But, no, that that's that's the obvious, that's the low-hanging fruit there that we missed. I know. That's, this is how, this is how, <laughs> you know, this is how you get, like, Dune buddies and shit, I know. you know? It's no, the, no offense. Yeah, no, I mean, But, I mean, come on, Dune Dudes is right there. Dune Dudes I is think, the 3-do. Yes. Of Lee 3. It is. Absolutely. Right? And I, I think everyone else would agree, you know? Um, and if not, we'll feed them to a worm. So. Yeah, if not, we will translate them. Um, which I think would, would happen to us if we continued to use the the language that we're using. Three mm, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. Et cetera. Um, we should back, back off on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um, okay, so... So, anyways, yeah, just that was crazy. Just that, just that they do that. I know. Just for that real. Robert goes there. Um, was so funny to me. Okay, Tuek uh, goes to Shiana. Shiana's up on the roof with Kapuna and um, Kania, and uh, then they're attacked. It's a hunter seeker. Yes. With uh length of shiga wire mm-hmm. down to it which well actually it's just called a seeker so i was about to be yeah. like do you need wire if you have a hunter seeker because the hunter seeker is just supposed to go through people but it's yeah. like maybe a seeker is different than a hunter seeker which is why it has the shiga wire yeah it's possible it could be a, a slightly different weapon at any rate it sounds like it wraps the wire around Kapuna and just like beheads her. Yeah, uh, it's 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 up. that's pretty nasty. And yeah, uh, I mean it kills it kills multiple people. It does. Yeah. Some guards too. Yep. Yeah, just some nameless guards. But it you know, it is deadly and, and Kapuna was um you know a character in her own right. She has that chapter with Tamalane before. Seemed like she was kind of, you know, could could have been poised to do more. So she gets kind of cut down. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's Sad. She was. It's, it's kind of funny too, because like everyone knows she's a uh, you know Bene Gesserit, but but like it's just a like an open secret, right? Yeah, yeah. That you're right. She's like likely a spy, and they're just like, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every every. I think what Tuek remarks is like everyone's a spy for someone on Rack. That's true. Yeah, yeah. He does um, say that. Yeah. So yeah, um, and yeah, it's just before Kapuna is pretty much uh, given the go ahead to bring Odrade into the fold. Yes. Yeah, because because um, Shiana is questioning about the Bene Gesserit, and um, yes. 
But other things, and it's finally time. Odrade finally, you know, landed on Arrakis. On Arrakis, sorry. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, Odrade comes here right away after the whole... Uh, <laughs> after the whole having emotions thing at the end yeah, of the last chapter, I know. they're like, "Time for you to." She, well, <laughs> she comes in and, and she's a total badass, though, and, and, yeah, and she saves yeah. everyone's lives. Yeah, she does. Right. It's it is kind of funny. The setup of the meeting is uh, irrelevant because yeah, she's there, um, and and seems to organize the the Bene Gesserit to to save Shiana from this. Yeah. Uh this well, it's an ixian threat right it's like steros yes i think is working with face yeah. dancers yep 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 it was uh you know steros and his his faction were working with face dancers yeah yeah um so yeah and then he just gets killed um odrade kills him yeah um i the chapter ends with Odrade alone in the room uh, with Shiana. And that makes sense. Um, I keep waiting for a face dancer surprise. I keep waiting for there oh, to right. be a moment mm-hmm. where you think a character is a character and it turns out they're a face dancer. Um and I, <clears throat> I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think that's what we're set up for here. But the fact that I do think it's at least a possibility, <clears throat> and that, sorry, I have a cat here in my throat. Gross. I know that it's at least a possibility, and I think Herbert has written well enough to the point where at least I would like entertain that possibility. I think speaks to like how he's crafted the Tleilaxu face dancer threat in this book that it does feel yeah I I I agree I think it you know it's it's about time that he uses this this device for for uh you know kind of pulling the rug from you know beneath us because he he never really has in the past yeah um and it's so ripe for it like I I feel like he has earned this this trick he has earned the right to use this trick at this point so I I (laughs) You know, I think I'd be happy if it happened, um, but I, I don't. I, I I don't see it happening yet. But it could. It could happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, I I don't think so now either. It's just more. He's created like the the conditions where I'm at least at a point where the book makes me question it. You know. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I'm like, huh? You know, man. If this wasn't Odrade, they'd be fucked right now. You know. For real. Yeah. This, I mean, th- yeah, th- this could all be part of the the Ixian plan, you know, like yeah, yeah, Tylaxu Ixian plan. So, at, at any rate, yeah, I mean, and even just having like a bit of action inserted into this chapter uh, is is cool. Cool to see the Seeker come back in some kind of a fashion. Um, Definitely. Yeah, and I, I guess just to see the, the you know the the threat and then the the Bene Gesserit. Um, retaliation you know that, yeah that yeah that they are their own force i even thought it was kind of interesting that like odrade pretty much has like a a small group of like Bene Gesserit fighters and not to say that like sh- she shouldn't or they wouldn't have that but like with 
Tag and Patron, it's also confirmed that, like, they have their own, like, employed fighters and military, right? So it's yeah. like, I don't know, sometimes they, like, hire people and sometimes they're just like, no, nah, yeah, we I guess, ourselves. I guess whatever the situation calls for. I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, they think they, they, they try to keep things very close to the chest, I think. Yeah. Right. Overall, they do, of course. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, man. I don't know. What do you uh, What do you think? I don't know. I think that's. Yeah, I think I'm. I, th- <laughs> I think I'm with you. I think this this um, this chapter leaves us on a very suspe- suspenseful ending where we are getting some action, uh, ramping up. Um, yeah. So I, I'm I'm excited for Shiana to get to know Odrade and the Bene Gesserit, if that is the real Odrade. Um, I I, th- I think that's gonna, you know. I think Shiana's going to learn a lot and, and she's going to, you know, form her own opinions on things. And, uh, they, yeah, the next piece of the puzzle is Duncan traveling to Rackus. Yeah. Which feels like we are set up for at some point in these next five chapters. I, yeah, I, I think it'll be sooner than later. I could be wrong, yeah. but I think that's what they're, what they're going for. So, yeah, it, it seems like the time is right. Or, or even that they need to accelerate their plans. You know, Terraza mentioned, yeah, somewhere in this section to tag like you know he is too young to be awakened to his memories but we kind of gotta do it yeah yeah i think that's where we're at yeah yeah so i think these next five are gonna be exciting yeah yeah it's it's definitely (sighs) this book is building on itself in really interesting ways and at this point when i was going through god emperor i think i was still like fully on board so I don't want to say I'm hesitant in in my enjoyment of the book. I think I'm a little more wary than I would have been otherwise. But all, all that's to say is that so far I don't think this book has really stumbled once. I'm no, yeah, I don't really think so. Really enjoying Heretics of Doom. Yeah, same. Yeah, no, it's 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 been a great journey so far. I think it's it's just in, it's incomparable to God Emperor of Doom. They're they're very clearly two different. Uh, types of books so yes for sure and I, I think i'm more partial to this kind like i think there's still plenty of interesting musings on like good and evil and uh what it means to be human and um, yeah you know manipulation I, and love like there are really there really are. good ideas to be explored that's in this. true that's true and yeah. on top of that i think it's going at a pretty quick pace which yeah. i yeah i think I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, in no, I, I I agree with you there. Although I do, I I I do still grow fonder of God Emperor with time passing. Um, so I I don't I'm not sure how it's all going to end up, but um, uh, but yeah. All I can say is that I, I I am very much enjoying Heretics though as well. It's it's uh it's not disappointing. Um, very impressive so far for the fifth book in a series. Yeah, for real. Yeah. All right, well, you got to get off and uh, teach a class. I do, yep. We uh, we made it right on time, you know. We did. It seems like us having a uh, like a, a deadline, maybe. Maybe that's a secret. Maybe 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 makes us uh, yeah. rain it in a little. It might be. All right, so if you want to email us, you can at uh, doondudespod at gmail We are on Twitter at doondudespod. Also. Um, at Krups TV on Twitter and Instagram. And until next time, Connor. 
Be aware of the sweaters you wear. Wow.